Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to you as well. We're happy you're here. Mm -hmm. We always aim to give you an honest, straightforward, biblically sound episode. And a lot of times they're about things we've either learned a long time ago or we're walking through right now. And this is a walking through right now kind of day. That's right. Although we're going to be sharing reflections as well. So um, Isaac thought that it would be a good idea to bring up the topic of pregnancy um, because I am about to enter into my third trimester with our, well, this is our 11th pregnancy, our ninth baby, Earthside. And she's young and beautiful at 41. (laughs) And uh, this, the title is Honest Reflections Being 41 and Pregnant with Number nine. Mm -hmm. So whether you are planning to have more kids or not, this is an encouragement because um, even if you're not having more kids, this will help you with uh, other sisters in Christ that Mm -hmm. uh, that are. That's right. And I think that, well, I'll just be honest. I mean, you guys may or may not know, um, but about 10 years ago, I wrote my first book called Redeeming Childbirth. It was published um, nine years ago. And it was quite a journey to do that, but it was a labor of love, kind of like how having a baby is a labor of love. Um, mothering is a label, labor of love. And so um, I should actually kind of count that as one of my babies because it took me it was nine good, months to It was a good effort. You know, it's like yeah. 400 pages and, and I'm like, well, let's, let's whittle this down a little bit. Actually, it was like 600 and we whittled it down to 395. <laughs> <laughs> That's so right. it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, but you guys, I mean, a lot of it came out of a need and a desire as a mom. I, for years, um, really desired to have biblical encouragement and teaching on the topic of pregnancy and childbirth and postpartum and young motherhood and just having babies. And it was really hard to find that. So obviously you guys know our oldest is going to be 21. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, this was a, a long time ago. There weren't very many resources that were from a biblical sound Christian perspective. There were some other so-called Christian birthing books on the market, but I found that I had to filter them through the word of God, which we should do with everything. But it was exhausting work because there was so much spiritually new age mumbo jumbo really and false teaching that was in there and it was discouraging to me it was hard for me because i was you know sick yeah. while i was pregnant and weak and wanted um to just be able to read something and i wanted that for my daughters when they were older too but- hey, amen and uh, if you're interested in the redeeming childbirth book uh you can go to courageousmom.com and uh you'll see the postpartum bundle mm-hmm. and it comes with this incredible course too if you want to just buy the book uh yeah, I mean, you can find it on Amazon or you can get it with the Growth and Study Guide um, at a discounted price on the CourageousMom.com website. And that helps, so. the, obviously, the ministry yeah. and our family and everything. So if that's a benefit to you, great. But that's not what the episode is about, although no. um, we're going to get some honest reflections. I, mm-hmm. I do want to just kind of make sure everybody knows that, you know, when Angie wrote that book, it's not like she had a huge platform or a huge audience. She did have an audience. It just wasn't like it is today. And that book uh, went in really quickly. The first seven days, first couple of days of launch went to a bestseller list on Amazon um, and, topic, and did yeah, phenomenally category. well. And since uh, it seems like, you know, a lot of places we go, people are like, oh, you wrote that book. And so it's really impacted a lot of people. And it's not a methods book. It's more a biblically based motivational book on including God in your pregnancy. That's mm-hmm. pregnancy that's, and birth. Yeah. That's my version. That's my take. I've yeah. read it. I love the book. Um, it's so good. I wrote a chapter in it too. It's probably the worst. It is the worst chapter. In no, the whole book. it is. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Isaac wrote a chapter for 
expectant dads yeah. on how to lead your wives it's, spiritually it's solid. through this season. It is a solid message. It's, and it's one that guys need to hear because I think a Joking lot of around. women struggle with wanting to have more kids because there's not as strong of a team atmosphere or maybe they don't feel supported or cared for like they should be. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, But this podcast, like Isaac was saying, you know, redeeming childbirth is a resource that's available to you. But the reason why we're doing this topic today is because I so desired older women to be honest with me about all the things I was thinking about. And so we thought it would be kind of a fun, different podcast to talk about how things are going being pregnant in my 40s after having had babies in my 20s and in my 30s, Um, but also just reflecting on those years. Yeah, and so um, you're about to go into your third trimester, just so people know. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got a a growing, solid-sized baby in uh, in your room. (laughs) He says that because all of our boys have been hefty. <laughs> I'll just say that. I think the smallest I don't want to use the word big. I use solid or healthy. They're between like eight pounds. Women three don't want to hear women don't want to hear you have a big ounces. you have a big baby. Yeah. Uh before the ba- baby's born. Not so generally speaking. Not generally speaking, no. no. That's something I've learned. So I say solid. <laughs> Uh, anyways, this is an episode on pregnancy. We haven't done very many of those, surprisingly, because uh, people are always asking, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, and by the way, uh, you know, this is your uh, number nine coming, uh, 11th pregnancy, had a couple yeah. of losses, and mm-hmm. um, we don't come from big families. We've talked more depth, in depth on this in previous episodes, mm-hmm. so we won't hear, but um, neither of us come from big families. We didn't set out to have a big family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want one kid at a time and you can listen to other episodes for our story on that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we should kick it off Ange, with yeah. what are some of your reflections now being 41, mm-hmm. uh, with number nine on the way, 11 mm-hmm. pregnancies. Yeah. So you've done a lot and all of those mm-hmm. pregnancies have been, you've had them naturally. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Cause that's mm-hmm. not always possible for people, but it was for you. It's interesting. I didn't know you were going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. People don't really know or ask, but yeah, praise God that I've that he's helped me to be able to do that but yeah yeah so what are some reflections uh right now with you know we have at home just so you have kind of in tune we have a a two-year-old all the way up to a Mm 20-year-old and so a couple of our kids are at the cusp of launching Mm -hmm. uh, which is cool Mm -hmm. and um you know but it's a 10 of us at home number 11 coming all in one house yeah so it's it's interesting juggling and balancing the needs of adult children teenage children middles and young children and now and also toddlers and babies I literally have all of it right now in my home um and so it's probably the busiest season of my life actually um And, you know, if there was one thing that I would say to myself back then, back in the day when I had, you know, five kids under seven and I was pregnant again, I remember thinking, man, I just wish there was an older woman that could really like speak to where I'm at and, and that they could like minister to my heart and, and, you know, be that Titus 2-1 in my Mm -hmm. life, which was a really good desire. But I also didn't really have like the, the grace for the fact that if they were going to be able to relate to me, that meant that they also had a lot of kids and that they were in a very different busy season also. And Mm so I'm just bringing that up because for those of you who are desiring it, it's important to um, have grace with those that you are desiring that from. (laughs) Um, I know that there are times when I feel like I'm failing people not able to get back to text messages or calls and things like that. Um, because I'm trying to keep my first priorities first. Um, And I think that I'm, well, I'm really thankful when I look back that I had some older women who modeled that for me, Mm -hmm. who were really serious about making sure that family and, well, faith and then family Mm -hmm. were the main priorities. Um, Because the reality is, is if you want to be a qualified Titus to man or woman when you're Mm -hmm. older, you need to do it right with your family first. Yeah, And so- um, I just put that out there because that's something that's kind of been on my heart. I do love to mentor women, but I'm just in but a what, season where I'm pulling back. I think people want to know what, how are you feeling? What are reflections yeah. being 41 and pregnant? Well, it's different. Nine. It's definitely different. I'm more tired than normal. Um, different, same, but different symptoms. Um, I, have always tried to take care of myself to a certain degree, but just like every mom, especially moms of many, um, 
we put ourselves on the back burner for everybody else a lot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the seasons where I did that, whether it was putting myself on the back burner for my kids so that they could do sports or music Mm -hmm. or whatever, or if I was putting myself on the back burner so that I could be mentoring other women, because I did do that a lot also, I'm now paying the price physically for mm-hmm. that in the in this pregnancy a little bit. And so it just if there was a piece of advice that I would give to people, it's you have to motherhood we hear is a marathon. We talk about this like it's it's literally there in memes everywhere. And it has been for decades, okay? That's not a new notion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the truth is is if, you know, if you want to be able to have the energy and physically be able to keep up with your kids, you do have to take care of yourself in between having babies and while you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that like I've tried to do and I'm thankful for the, all the things that I did do, but I'm also reflective and honest with myself about, okay, some serious things have to change um, for the future just because of that. So that would be one of the hardest things for me. And as far as like an easy reflection, I would say that I'm thankful for all the lessons that I've learned in the last two decades mm-hmm. of having children because I don't struggle with the same fears of the unknown and different things like that, that I did with like my first babies. And I think that part of that is just a, um, it's just experience with the Lord and trusting in him over a long period of time. You know, it's, it's a boot camp, and if there wasn't growth, there'd be something to worry about. Right. And so I'm really thankful, um, for that. But I would say that Um, even though I don't necessarily struggle with maybe what I used to struggle with or what other moms struggle with in regards to fear of the unknown regarding birth or, um, I, I would say that having a teachable heart is one of the main points that we were going to talk about next. And I think we just go into that. I would say that that's been the most important thing for me that, um, I always have something to learn and, and that's, it's, a boot camp. It's a refining, humbling reality that no matter how much education you have, doesn't matter if you're in the birthing industry, if you're a childbirth ex- expert or mm-hmm. educator or postpartum educator, there's still things to learn. And that's been really good for me. It's humbling. I think everybody wants to know what are some of the newer things you're learning? Well, um, there have been some random symptoms that I've experienced this pregnancy that I never did before, like tingling in my hands. So I've had to learn, um, carpal tunnel during pregnancy is actually pretty common. And I have had some women that I had been serving who had experienced it on a very low scale. Um, but I also was having tingling in my legs as well. And so having to look into those symptoms do research, teamed up with my midwife, talking to naturopathic doctors and getting to the bottom of that and realizing, okay, so what are some things naturally supplement wise that I can do to help with that? But it's still like an ongoing thing that I am working with. Like, Well, and tingling is like a soft word for it. She like wakes up in the morning and can't feel her arm. Right. Yeah. And so it's, I think it's deeper than tingling. Like, yeah. There are yeah, times. Like, yeah. You know, I massage your hand. And this morning. It was my hand. Yeah. Because you're from my wrist. You're up. having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of feel it, but it seems like more than just tingling. Yeah. And so it, it comes and goes when I'm not really good about taking my supplements, then I have more symptoms to be honest, oh, which is, didn't know that. yeah. And so, well, I do. And yeah. I, you know, I have, I'm an open book. I have no problem sharing that. But so that's when I, when I talk about like the importance of taking care of yourself, like you literally need to take so care of yourself. So you literally see in one day, if you don't take one day, if you don't take if the I right things, if I don't things, take the right supplements, these things come back. Totally. Which in, in all the pregnancies, every one of them, there were different things. Right. And I mean, I, at the beginning, at the beginning of the pregnancy, it was different stuff that we were dealing with, right? Like yeah. this is the second trimester stuff that I'm dealing with just right now. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that I um, have to pace myself better knowing that I'm older so that I don't overdo it. Because if I do overdo it, then I'm like out the next day. Like mm-hmm. I just can't keep up. So there's this balance. I, I see it. You know, there's this thing of like, I think I lifted too many boxes and I'm like, well, stop doing that. And she's like, well, I, I need, well, I need more help. And so we have these conversations, you know, and it's like, well, I, I was off working somewhere day. and it's not like I know exactly what's going on. I can't see everywhere. Right. And I'm like, well, someone else can do that. But then she has this mommy guilt of not wanting to over ask 
for people to do things. And yeah, I mean, it, I'm just like you guys. So yeah. all of the things that you struggled with, totally been there. Um, but I think that one of the things that is so important is to be honest and transparent with your spouse, with your kids, and with people in your life so that they can go, hey, no, is that too much for you? Like, I can do that. I can host. Why don't you guys come to our house instead? Or, you know, like that's mm -hmm. happened. And it's a blessing when it does. And they're, to be honest with that and go, okay, would it be better if we went over there? Would it, is it going to be too much for me? And and I think that part of that is it's just a willingness to really be honest with yourself. Yeah. And um, I think that earlier on, I struggled with it even more. I was very independent. Well, I think there's a big difference. And just from a husband's mm -hmm. perspective, um, you know, when you have healthy babies, I mean, for us, everybody has a different story, but mm -hmm. in, we had a bunch of healthy babies all in a row yeah, and pregnancies all in a row, seven in a row. And so you kind of build this belief that it's just going to work mm -hmm. out and happen. Mm -hmm. Then you have your miscarriage and mm -hmm. you realize how delicate things are. And in addition to you being older now, um, it's even more important. Like we don't want to take for granted that things are just going to work out and everything's going to be healthy. We have a responsibility to do things mm -hmm. to preserve the health of our wives. Like we need to right. protect them. We need to ask questions. We need to invest money in whatever natural remedies, whatever medicine, even if that's needed, mm -hmm. whatever is needed. We invest yeah. money. We, we invest in doctor visits if that's needed, yeah. uh, whatever it is, because this is a child at, at stake now god is sovereign right and your he, wife, yeah. he's in control but we also have a responsibility it's not like we're reckless in life because god is sovereign no that's that would not be testing god that'd be testing yeah. god so it, it there are things we can do that are reckless mm -hmm. in pregnancy because mm -hmm. we just believe we can do it all yeah. but then you get kind of woken up to the mm -hmm. fact that we can't yeah. And I, you know, it's interesting. Like if, if we were just talking not even about pregnancy, but we were just talking about aging, for example, right? Like I'm sure I would have much more insight in 10 years from now when I'm in my fifties. Um, but I definitely like pregnancy is pregnancy. Like you have, you feel pretty much the same, but there are some things that do change, especially when you've had multiples, right? Like you show sooner, or at least mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Um, for me, I tend to, um, feel, I, I carry my babies up higher. And so as far as like breathing goes, it's not just that I'm pregnant. It's also that I'm older as far as like breathing. So that's like a conviction that I need to be doing more rigorous, like cardio type stuff when I'm not pregnant and, um, to be trying to exercise while I am and taking better care of myself in that way. That's something that I've just personally mm. been convicted about. And I think that it's important that like, there's a, there's a difference between stewarding your body and making like working out an idol, which is mm. a huge conversation today where there's a lot of women that are into this self-love movement and I need my time and I need to work out. And, and I'll be honest with you when you indulge selfishness too far that's what you're breeding in yourself and just to clarify so, it's not bad to work out it's not no, no, bad no. to have alone time um it's when those things become an idol, idol. yeah and you're clarify. and and part of like you only you can really tell i mean maybe your husband can tell maybe your mm. close friends can tell if it's become an idol or not but when you start walking down that road things get out of whack in your mind, your mindset, um, your relationships, your relationship with God, all the things, because we do want to have a selfless attitude. But at the same time, like we are not, we should not have this. I used to call it something specific. It was the motherhood martyrdom syndrome. Uh. And I, I remember years ago, it actually popped up in one of my Facebook feeds as a memory from like 13, 14 years ago. I had been working now. I had, I was in between having Luke and Ethan, so our fifth and our sixth, and I had been working out and I had um, a mother's helper helping me so I could do that and take care of myself. And I got on this video and I just shared about this like concept that God had laid on my heart and how it's like the same concept as fake humility mm -hmm. is where it's like, we think that we're a better mom if we're some kind of martyr and we're like, Oh, what was me? I'm wearing myself out. And, mm. and so there's these two that, that even that can become an idol. Yeah. And so 
what I want to encourage women in, in regards to taking care of themselves is simply what the Bible says, which is to steward your body as the holy temple of the Lord so that you can do all the things that God has called you to. Now, yeah. sometimes things happen. It's not always a reflection of how well you've stewarded things, right? Like people get cancer. There are all kinds of things. I think everybody's super aware of that these days. Right. And so I'm not talking about those kinds of situations. I'm talking about like not caring for yourself at all because you're doing the motherhood martyrdom thing mm -hmm. and you're not being a good model and teaching that to your children. But then there's the opposite, right? That where you can make self-love and me time and working out and taking care of yourself and going to the salon and doing all those things can become an idol too. And that's also not healthy. Yeah. And so we got to come back to where scripture says to be a good steward for what? For the purpose of being able to do God's work. And one of the things that I've noticed, you know, what's true is you can kind of tell a husband's leadership by the well-being of the wife, meaning mm -hmm. that if she's vibrant, energized, and capable, and 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 uh, joyful. feeling joyful mm -hmm. and good about herself, there is a reflection of leadership there mm -hmm. in the family. And so, um, I you know take that personally, although it's not always my responsibility. Right. You have your own responsibility, right. but I need to make sure she has time mm -hmm. um, that she's not bombarded by the kids at certain parts of the t day and. These kinds of things are where I can, and mm -hmm. you're helped. I, I think uh, earlier in our marriage, I didn't realize that it was all new for you and new for me, and all we these didn't things. Know what we were and doing. I was working super yeah. hard, and I was working too hard, and didn't mm -hmm. help her enough. And uh, whereas I would say that um, I'm way more helpful. Like I'm understanding oh, yeah. that well, she really can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. Like she needs more help than ever. And I wonder sometimes if some families don't have more kids just because the husbands aren't willing to help more. Yeah. The wives don't feel helped. Well, yeah. I mean, we only have a certain amount of hours in the day we have, I mean, there's, there's the element of growth capacity, which we've covered in another podcast, right? Where when you walk through something hard and a new life transition, praise, I am thankful that each of our kids came one at a time. It's not like we got married and all of a sudden we had nine, right? Yeah. That would have been overwhelming. Um, but, I, God has grown my capacity gradually to be mm -hmm. able to cook for 10 people, yeah. right? Like I didn't know how to do that when we first got married. That's just a simple example. Um, but at the same time, he has grown you mm -hmm. to join me in all of the things that we've done as much as, as possible mm -hmm. and to help me in training up our kids so that we're doing things as a team. And that really has made it possible actually. Yeah. And when that doesn't function right, it's not possible. And then mom's mom and, and that's pretty much all I can handle. And one of the things, just so you know about me, uh, how I'm wired, I'm very uh, results orientated. So I love, like if I have work to do, I love to get it done. And I'm super good at getting things done and getting things done ahead of time and being proactive and getting things done that are needed five weeks from now mm -hmm. early so that everything goes even better and things grow, whether it's business ministry or whatever it is. And so for me, when I was younger, it was hard for me to sacrifice. I felt like it was a sacrifice of this really important thing I need to do to support my family and help them. There was a there was a, a attention attention there, and I would say as I've matured and God mm -hmm. has matured me, that tension is way less. Meaning that mm -hmm. I really realized we can cognitively understand what's most important, but then we do what's not the most important thing, mm -hmm. and that tension has largely disappeared in me. And, and I think that's God has blessed that actually. And ways. part of it is just the sanctification boot camp of fatherhood. Yeah. Just as there is a sanctification boot camp of motherhood in the sense that like it it, it requires mm -hmm. us to be introspective, to confess, to repent, to forgive, to move on, to grow, to change, to and all of those things never end, regardless of how many kids you have, regardless of how old you are when you're having your children. All of those things are the same. And I just want to bring some things back to scripture for a second, because we were talking about a really important concept of having a teachable heart, which I think like when I look back, if there's one main thing that I could ever encourage someone in, it would be guard and protect that teachable spirit mm -hmm. and don't ever become hardened towards having a teachable spirit, like thinking that you know it all because you've had three kids or, um, because I've seen this happen to a lot of women. And I know that for myself, like there are times when I, I never like, we're always our wor own worst critic. Mm -hmm. So like, <laughs> 
here I am pregnant and I feel like I'm, there's so many things that I could be doing better. Mm -hmm. There's so many things for myself, for my kids. Um, and I'm aware of that, but where does that lead me? And I think that the Psalms are a great place to find that encouragement. Psalm 25 verse 11 and 12, it says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. Mm. Um, his soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. And I, I just think about like that, that is the heart of it, right? Understanding that we are guilty, mm -hmm. that we need to confess. Um, having fear of the Lord actually when we have a fear of the Lord, we no longer fear man. We no longer fear circumstances in the same kind of way. Um, yes, we're tempted with it at times, but then if we draw our eyes towards the Lord, that changes his soul. It says him, him, the person who fears the Lord is the person that's going to be instructed by mm -hmm. the, by the Lord in the way of the Lord and in the way that he should choose. And so in pregnancy, you have so many choices that mm -hmm. you need to make. You have oh, yeah. so many decisions like, where am I going to have the baby? Um, am I going to do a water birth? Am I not? Am I going to have a natural birth? Am I not? <laughs> There's so many decisions that need to be made. And instead of like the desire, like just writing out a birth plan, that's like our, our dream, what we want, mm -hmm. we need to seek God and have him help us choose what is wise, what is his will and invite him into the process. Because honestly, that's always the best path. And I think just witnessing what you've gone through is there's so much that can be learned in pregnancy and birth. There's so much um, that's really cool about it. And we can get kind of stuck in our path mm -hmm. and then we get humbled by some new circumstances. Yeah. We get humble mm -hmm. and I've seen this over and over again, mm -hmm. which has been a really um, redeeming thing about mm -hmm. your experiences, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. And in, and in Psalm... 32, um, eight and nine, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and brittle, or it will not stay near you. You know, horses have to be kind of led forced, you know, to, they have to be tied to up, do things, they have to be right? Untied. Let's, yeah. you know, we don't want God to have to like, you know, come this us. way. Let's go. Yeah. We, yeah. we should be open. We should be receiving and, and to mm -hmm. look to the resources around us with mm -hmm. older women uh, that want to teach us. And if you want to find an older woman, you should pray for that. Yeah. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. And I even think about, so a lot of people will often message me and they're like, 
well, I'm, I'm reaching out to you because you're an older woman. <laughs> I, I laugh because sometimes it's hard to see yourself that way. You're like, I am? I oh. am. Oh, yeah, I oh, am. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have to say this verse for me being older, I hope that this is an encouragement to you if you are older. And if you're younger, I hope this is an encouragement for you to just tuck away to remember for when you are older. In Proverbs 9, 9, it says, give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Mm-hmm. We can always become wiser, teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Mm -hmm. And so, like I was saying before, we always have something to learn. That's not like a fake humility. That is a biblical concept that we actually, we, we read this and God's saying, Hey, listen, if I give instruction to a wise man, he'll become wiser still. Why? Because he'll listen. And there are costs. I mean, I think that the medical field, although we are very Mm -hmm. fond of the medical world Uh in general like you know they have doctors have done incredible things to help our family Mm -hmm. in times of need and so super valuable in the appropriate in the appropriate times but remember that their their solutions sometimes are shortcuts to get things fixed fast Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas if we were approaching a natural approach if we were learning and growing and understood natural ways to do things that shortcut would never be needed Mm-hmm. At the end of the well, it's a the difference the between preventative, yeah, um, preventative health and preventative, um, pre- even wisdom, like preventative seeking wisdom. That is preventative when you're seeking wisdom and counsel, and you're going down a road, and you're trying to be wise, and you're getting wise counsel from other people. Sometimes that can actually prevent you from having to need help in an emergency situation, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm not even talking about just pregnancy. I mean business, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I mean everything in life. It's like that. It's proactive versus reactive, right? I teach this in business all the time. But then sometimes emergencies happen, and when they do, that's when you praise God for the medical field, and you go and you submit to that, and hey. Thank goodness that they are quick and fast Amen. at times, right? Um, I think of James 4, 6. This is the last verse I wanted to share with you regarding having a teachable heart. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And let me tell you, I don't want God opposing me when I'm in childbirth. I don't want God opposing me when I'm in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't want God opposing me in postpartum or ever, do yeah. you? <laughs> like, that is a... That is a warning. That is an exhortation. That is a blessing. That is a wisdom Mm -hmm. nugget that we need to literally hang on to that if we have a humble heart and we have a teachable heart, teachable spirit, as we're walking through life, God will open our spiritual eyes to see the things that he wants us to see. Sometimes they're for us. Sometimes they're for other people. And sometimes they're for both Mm -hmm. us and other people. And I can honestly tell you, like, the reason why Redeeming Childbirth is such a big book mm-hmm. is because I sought out women and their stories and I wanted to learn from them. And there's 21 other testimonies in here of other birth stories, including my six, because um, I wrote this after our first six kids. Um, but you guys, like, that that's the thing is do you learn from other people's experiences or does God have to, like, teach you the hard way, right? Like... <laughs> Well, let's go into the next point. The next point is so important uh, because it's about selfishness. It's the battle of selfishness. Now, we Mm -hmm. all know that everybody has selfishness in them. Uh, When we're all in heaven together, nobody will have selfishness in them, which is beautiful. Um, But we don't want it. We don't want to try not to be selfish. We want to aim to be selfish less to be a servant for the glory of God. Everything we do is for his glory, right? So, but in this situation, I mean, obviously men don't have the same situation. Women, their bodies are used uh, in an incredible way as a vessel for Mm -hmm. God's creation. Yeah, It's really remarkable, but there are costs. There are challenges. There are sacrifices for this beautiful, incredible thing. And uh, there is a battle of selfishness. There is. I think, you know, when we were talking about this podcast, Isaac was like um, asking me questions. And one of the questions he asked me was, do you ever just want your body back? That goes along with this. This, yeah. this actually it's the primary it's the primary thing that goes with this concept of selflessness or selfishness, um, because obviously those are opposing things. Um and I would say that for, for me, I'm just like every other woman out there that, yeah, of course there are times when I'm like, please just don't touch me. I've either had someone in me, kicking me, on me, nursing, 
And I, and I love those things. Don't get me wrong. Like I love those times, but when you have gone through it over and over again, and then you also have the toddler that wants to cuddle. Well, it's 20 and then, years now. You know, that you've, your yeah. body's been and used in this And it's through way. the night and it's around the clock. And, and, and then when you're done, you're doing it again. Like there's an element. I, I laugh with people. I actually just told someone this at a church we were visiting yesterday. She said, oh, wow, you, nine. That's amazing. And I said, yeah, God just... I, I tell people that I guess I just need more sanctification than most because I do still struggle with selfishness. And whenever I'm there, it's not every day. It's not no. all the time, mind you. Like I said, children are a blessing. I really, truly believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here, you guys. Like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and I wouldn't be as devoted to my family as I am if I didn't foundationally believe that. But in all honesty, there are times when I'm like, Sure would be awesome to just be able to pick up that big tree and put it in my car instead of having to bring a teenager and get mm -hmm. a guy to help them. And you know what I mean? Like things yeah. are just, there are times when I go, it's okay. It's for a greater cause. And I have to preach truths to myself. And so my biggest encouragement to women who are struggling or battling selfishness is to make sure that you're preaching truths to yourself because um, selfishness breeds breeds more selfishness. Like mm -hmm. it gives birth to selfishness and sin gives birth to death. That's and why we need to run the race with each other yeah. because we need to call out selfishness in each other. Spouses need to call out selfishness in each other. And we need it's to so actually important. be able to, we need people that we're running the race with to also not just call things out in, but to go to them ourselves and go, I need you to pray for me. Amen. And I'm really struggling with this right now. Or for people to even say, Angie, it's okay. Sit down. Like we've had some friends that have been here helping us with organizational stuff, oh, things that I incredible. wouldn't be able to be doing at being in almost in my the third Brady's. trimester. And my new friend, Stacy, she just loves organizing. So she's like, I'd love to help you with your pantry. And I'm like, well, I'd love that too. And that, but <laughs> To, in all honesty, that's maturity, you guys, because for a long time, like to, to give someone reign over my, my pantry, that's like a personal, like I need to know where things are. And I, I used to really love organizing. I just don't have as much time to be as super organized. You can't do everything, right? And so I've picked my battles and it's, or it was organized to a certain degree, but for someone to come in and bless me in such a way. And yeah, I was up and I was doing stuff with her, but every now and again, I'd have to, I'd breathe kind of hard and she'd go, Hey. Why well, go sit down? Mm. You can sit down. You don't need to. You need to do this. Go do what you need to do. And I so appreciate that. I don't think anyone's ever That's done the body that of and Christ said that to me. Working in practical ways, it's right. incredible. And it's her being um, truly like putting herself in my shoes, being observant. How's Angie yeah. doing right now? I care about her. I don't want her to overdo it. You need that always in your life but That's a lot of people don't let people yeah. into their homes and into their lives on such a level where some people might think oh, a pantry is not very intimate like really but i'm going to use the word intimate in the sense of like mm -hmm. honest like transparent like are you letting people into your lives well it's also your domain this is part of what right. you feel you're supposed to do and to, to, to allow someone to help you in that area where you feel you're supposed to do it it's humbling is, <laughs> a, a maturity thing. It's yeah. right. It's good. And literally the health of this baby was helped by her. Yeah. Because that was something that was on my heart and my mind. I guess it was more on my mind as something that I wanted to get done before the baby was born. Mm -hmm. So that it didn't feel as chaotic to have some kind of order. So it's easier when the kids bring groceries in and put things away. I would say, so, I would say too, the husbands deal with selfishness as well, for sure. And a part of the battle of selfishness for husbands is sex, mm -hmm. frankly. Yeah. To be just real candid, yeah. is that there's periods of time where, especially 100% postpartum, mm -hmm. um, the, especially the, those first six weeks, you need you, the, yeah. there needs to be a break or mm -hmm. a, trans, a gradual transition back into mm -hmm. it. And so just really respecting our brides and making it as great of an experience, one, helping them, but two, not being selfish for, we need to be able to control our bodies. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to control our minds. That's really we need a fruit to be able of the spirit. Control, yeah. you know, it is the fruit of the spirit. And if, and if we're not, mm -hmm. are we men or are we just boys? And our, it's really reflective on 
how much time the man is spending in the word actually, because, you know, while in redeeming childbirth, a lot of the ministry is like virtually mentoring women to help them keep their eyes on Jesus. That would be like in regards to every topic you could potentially Mm -hmm. experience in pregnancy and childbirth. But the reality is, is men need to challenge men to keep their eyes on Jesus. And when it comes to the challenges that they have, when their wives are in pregnancy and postpartum and there is a lot of self selfishness that is revealed in both people during that time. And there's a need for selflessness, Mm -hmm. um, for desire for it. Mm -hmm. Like you have to desire to be selfless, right? Like, and it's not just necessarily on the intimate level. There's also the exhaustion level, right? Like when you're nursing around the clock, and maybe husband's helping and he's yeah. getting up at night to change diapers. Like you do that a lot the first three weeks mm-hmm. after the babies are born. Isaac primarily does the diapers so that I can stay resting and stay in bed. And that's not a formula by any means. I'm just sharing something that has been like our tradition that we've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a huge help to me. But he gets tired too. Mm-hmm. And so having grace with one another during that really special season that literally goes by so fast well i know when eli our last was was born it was a a daily battle to keep him alive it's first time we've ever experienced this where the breast milk wasn't um it came in and it started drying up and it dried drying up so he didn't get enough of it Mm -hmm. and we had to this first time we've ever had to supplement Mm -hmm. um and we were triple feeding around he wasn't gaining weight he was losing too much weight Mm -hmm. and so we were teamwork all night yeah you know, for so how long? So he'd be, well, it was three months. It three took months. us three months to get EBF, which means exclusively breastfeeding. Which is just two years ago. So we weren't young bucks. I was 43, right? So yeah. we're getting older and life, we have all these kids and then we're not sleeping mm-hmm. at night. And you go, well, that was a season. You know, you in in, mm-hmm. in the future, like when you're in the future or when you're looking at the past, I guess. Hindsight. You, yeah. Hindsight. You don't go, oh, that was so hard. I wish I didn't do it. No, you're like. Look how healthy my son is. Praise the Lord, yeah. And yeah, it was hard, but that was just a season. Mm-hmm. And so everything's just a season, and it's for the good. And when we look, so this also goes totally hand in hand with having a teachable heart because we, in hindsight, we look back at what we learned. And while we would never wish anybody to go through any of those kinds of things, we also wouldn't change them for the world because of what God taught us and taught our children through those times. Now, I think silently, uh, sometimes husbands can think, and they may not ever vocalize this, but they can literally have this thought, I never want to go through all that again. Mm-hmm. And then they make permanent decisions about having more kids based on an experience that might be a unique experience. And instead of seeing the redeeming qualities of it, how it made us stronger or how we grew from it. Or the blessing. Yeah. We never, we never go into something hoping something's hard. We're not like that. Mm -mm. That would be not smart, but we go (laughs) into things knowing that things aren't easy. We're not made to have easy lives. Paul shares that Mm -hmm. in amazing ways. And so what's he talking about sharing the gospel and these kinds of things and circumstances you know, difficult circumstances of persevering. Well, how powerful is it when your kids become believers and they leave a legacy of faith with their kids and there's all these people glorifying God and impacting the world for Christ? It's exponential growth. It's incredible. And also, I even think about like how our, you know, our life, not our life, but our lives. I'm talking about everybody here. When we're out in public and we have our kids and we have been raising them up in the biblical word of God, the admonition of the Lord, we've been teaching them Mm -hmm. the Lord's commandments, how that's reflected in the fruit of our children and how that's a light to the world. And I'll just be honest, like you guys will say that Without trying, like I can literally be like, oh, I'll just take a small amount of kids with me. I'll just take five. Mm-hmm. You might be laughing right now. But I literally think like, let me just take half. I'll just take half to the store. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just take maybe two with me, right? People notice our kids and then they're like, I'll take, sometimes I'll take the girls to the grocery store and we'll oh, have yeah. like three or four carts so productive. It's of incredible. food. And people are like, what are, are you going on a trip? And we're like, oh no, this is two yeah. weeks. Are you a prepper? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, no, this is two weeks. We have... You know, there's 10 of us in our family and they're like, whoa, you know, and they see how like wise the girls are about what foods they're choosing. They're like, oh, it's healthy, you know, and just the comments and how that opens the door to be able to share about the Lord. And people go, oh, are you, are you Mormon? And we're like, 
no, we're not Mormon. Or they'll say, oh, are you, are you from a big family? No, I'm not from a big family. Oh, did you always plan on having kids? Actually, you know, no, we didn't. That this is a reflection of what your life looks like when you surrender when you God. Lord, yeah. <laughs> Not that everybody's life looks that way. Don't misunderstand me. Like it's that is my testimony. God has a unique design for every family. Fully, it's yes. Up to the husband and wife to make decisions together, and it is a husband's responsibility to protect his wife. And there are times where it, you choose to stop. You yeah. choose to stop for yeah. for the safety for safety reasons. Yeah, and so like for but for me you guys, I say that this is a testimony of, this is my test, my personal testimony of how my life surrendered to God looks like. Because when I was younger and before I met Isaac, I didn't want to get married and I didn't want to have any kids. So for me, like my life I, I was is never a completely a different, yeah, like both of us, it's kind of funny that we both have that testimony. We never set out to have these children. Whereas I know a lot of people are raised with really viewing children as a blessing and understanding what a legacy is and all of those things and what a gift that was something God taught us through the word and through mentors. Right. And so when I say that, I really hope that you get that. I'm, I'm not saying that having many kids is what it looks like when you surrender to the Lord. I didn't mean it that way. All right, let's bring it home with the final point, which is healthy modeling to your kids. Um, this is super important because, Mm -hmm. um, Unfortunately, sometimes you see, you know, families with lots of kids and then their kids don't have very many kids at all or Mm -hmm. things. And maybe that was God's design. That could be. But sometimes I wonder if maybe things weren't modeled in the best way or, Mm -hmm. you know, could have been improvements there. And so, you know, what would you say to, um, you know, I, I will actually first, you know, boys need to witness me, right? My boys need to witness me taking care of my wife, Mm -hmm. because if I model that well, Mm -hmm. then they're probably going to do that better. They're going to have a good example of how to do that. So I always remember that. And uh, I'm excited for them to have, you know, the families that God has designed for them. You know, and this is actually something that I've been pretty passionate about for a long time, um, which is this concept of leaving a legacy of your children, understanding that that children are from the Lord and God's design for your body and having a confidence in that. And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it, like you can preach it all day long with your words, Mm -hmm. but if you're not living what you preach, that's hypocrisy and your kids are going to turn from that. We, we all know this, right? And so we don't want to be the parents that say, do as I say, but not as I do. Mm -hmm. No, they literally need to be in step with one another. And yeah, you're going to screw up. And that's when you say, I screwed up or you change your ways. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, but it's important that like, for me, when I think about the stewardship of my body, that's actually where my biggest conviction comes in right now. Maybe not in the first 15, 17 years of my life. Mm -hmm. I was very dedicated to working out on a regular basis. The first four years of our marriage, I taught aqua aerobics and I worked out and then Mm -hmm. I was working out regularly. I was um, seeing chiropractors and doing what I needed to do to take care of myself in between my births. Yeah. But the last four years were a very different story. Yeah. And part of it was just the challenge of moving into a new season and trying to grow my capacity mm-hmm. of, oh, we've got adults and we've got older teens and we've got all these other needs of homeschooling young kids and I'm having babies. And I also had two losses. And so when you look at that, you need to be honest and go, I got to get back to the, what I was doing before. And, um, and part of that is to model for your kids. We have to do this for many reasons. We want to obey God's word, first yeah. of all. But we also want to model for our kids so that they don't look at mom and go, well, I don't want to have that many kids because look yeah. at what it did to her body, mm-hmm. right? Like we, how horrible would it be if our kids viewed it that way? Or if they saw me and all they saw was someone who's just exhausted all the time and not able to cook a meal for the family, not able to continue doing the homeschool. Like we have to be able to pace ourselves, know our limitations with the purpose of wanting to grow, Yeah. but being humbly honest with our community and our family. But yeah. also like you don't, you have to be, stewarding everything. And what would your family, what would your life look like if you even more adhered to what the Bible says? I think we Mm -hmm. all should have that reflection. We should be like, okay, how can I adhere more to what 
is biblical. How, where are we deviating from a biblical approach to things? Yeah. And in Ephesians is the marriage verses, right? There's some others in other places, but um, remarkably, actually, I mean, the, the number of verses in the Bible about marriage compared to other things is actually relatively small. It's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. um, but there are really powerful ones. And here's probably one of the most is Ephesians 5, 22. And I'm going to read through a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wives, um, or we're starting at 25, actually. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Mm-hmm. In the same way, husbands love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. So if, if, uh, if the husband's working out and the wife doesn't get a chance to, is that loving your wife? That's not loving your wife because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and goes on. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then just by the way, in six, it talks about children obey your parents. So that's also a good parenting Mm -hmm. verse, but super important. Uh, you know, this this particular passage of scripture also, Isaac and I, if you're reading that, maybe you're listening and you're like, I didn't realize the Bible said that, right? Because we do get comments sometimes from yeah. people going, oh, I didn't even, I have never read that before. Thanks for sharing that. And I just want to encourage you guys that if you are looking for more mentorship or encouragement on the topic of you know, intimacy in marriage during pregnancy and postpartum. We do have the Christian postpartum course where Isaac and I, there's like 14 teaching videos in the Mm -hmm. whole postpartum course. And they're primarily like me as a Titus two woman sharing the natural remedies and things I've learned over 21 years of mothering and being a postpartum, um, educator and a childbirth educator sharing how to heal from common postpartum discomforts, whether that's mastitis or um, preventing postpartum. There's a spectrum of postpartum depression. We educate, I educate you on all of that stuff in the course, but then Isaac and I do a 45 minute teaching on Ephesians, all of Ephesians five in regards to intimacy during this childbearing season, because this is a topic a lot of people don't actually really engage talk about much especially yeah. from the podium but it's important that you guys and as couples talk sometimes about an it. outside person sharing that to both of you Guess is you. more powerful to initiate those conversations yeah. that can be difficult you can't avoid so it. it's been really it's been really helpful to people so you can go to courageousmom.com for that courageousparenting.com for other things like the parenting program mm-hmm. and so forth but hey thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining us we hope this episode was helpful to you and every time you share it we know you're part of the one million legacies movement so we so appreciate it and we love the five-star reviews on itunes and elsewhere and you we always mm-hmm. read your written comments they spur us on so thank you so much thanks Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.